If you lived in ancient Roman times, you're expected to live to the ripe age of just 30, have a child at age 13, and then move on fast, not taking their food supply. Fast forward to the latest worldwide statistics of 2015, and a human's average life expectancy is 70.5 years. Our understanding of our bodies and how they work continues to increase exponentially. 10 years ago, a DNA test cost $25,000. Now you can be tested 1,000 times more accurately for under 200 bucks. Then you throw in a massive increase in computing capabilities to store and process our genetic data, and now we have the capabilities to unravel the incredibly deep and sophisticated mysteries of our bodies. Being able to read our DNA is laying down the path for us to play God, to tinker and enhance ourselves until we reach conceivable immortality. We caught up with Future Sandwich favourite and billionaire Peter Diamandis to discuss the limits of human longevity. The other thing I'm passionate about is, is human longevity. It's the realization that we are now gaining the tools to begin to understand why we age and ultimately why we die. And the question is, do we have to? You know, certain species of life on this planet, uh, sharks, whales, turtles, have known multi-hundred year lifespans. And I remember seeing a show on that while I was in medical school, and I locked in and said, okay, if they can, why can't I? The human body is a very complicated system, but we're beginning to understand it. Death is still something humans want to avoid at all costs. Some of Peter's mates who have the will and the cash are pushing the boundaries of science to extend their time on Earth as long as possible. So it turns out that there are a number of billionaires that I know that go down to this clinic in Panama. And they go there annually to get their infusion of what's called mesenchymal stem cells. These are stem cells derived, in this case, from the umbilical cord itself. These guys swear that it has rejuvenated them and has given them much better health and a number of them are in their mid to late 80s. So that's a fascinating fact. To balance this out, we have an exclusive with Ira Pasta, CEO of biotech company BioQuark. We're going to discuss what his company is doing to steal the secrets from nature to maximize how long we can live a healthy life. Uh, everything that we're focused on is this underlying ability that we see in nature to, in essence, turn back time biologically in a cell and start over again. And then you have some crazier stuff happening. If you look in the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a bit in the news over here in terms of some of this do-it-yourself biohacking with the gene editing tools and so forth, which I think is kind of crazy. But um, you know, someone wants to inject themselves full of viruses and, and try to genetically engineer themselves in a hotel room, um, <laughs> whatever. My name is Tommy McCubbin. Dad, startup founder, and podcaster. And this is Future Sandwich, episode 18, Long Live the Human, where we talk to billionaires who truly believe they can live forever. The consequences of living forever are bigger than the benefits. And so, as the ambitious few with blank checks try to rewrite human evolution for us, should we be worried? Let's ask the CEO of one of the world's hottest startup biotech companies. My name is Ira Pastor. I'm the chief executive officer of a company here on the east coast of the United States called BioQuark. Uh, and we are a, uh, a life sciences company focused on uh, what we call the three R's. So regeneration, uh, disease reversion, and rejuvenation, uh, all for the purposes of 
solving many of the problems associated with the chronic degenerative diseases responsible today for uh, human degeneration, suffering, and death. Uh, the model of the company, uh, you know, it's, it's slightly different than your traditional biotech shop in the sense that um, we, in our mission, have decided to sort of go back to nature. Uh, and while looking at the sort of pharmaceutical industry from the last hundred years being heavily based on learnings from uh, the natural world in terms of uh, bioproducts from primarily the plant, bacterial, and fungal communities, uh, which has you know created a trillion dollar industry of treatments, we are essence going to the next level and looking again at all of the organisms out there, which from a health and wellness perspective are just much further advanced uh, than we are as human beings. And whether uh, we're talking about the, uh, the amazing regenerative capabilities of organisms like amphibians, or the, uh, like the tumor reversion capabilities in the planarian kingdom, uh, the ability you know, to, to get cancer and just eliminate it in a matter of weeks, uh, or whether we're talking sort of the far end of the spectrum to the sort of the organisms on this planet that do not age at all and exhibit you know, so-called negligible senescence, or the ones that age in reverse, or even the ones that technically even die and are reborn, um, we basically are asking the question, you know, what, what do these species do so very well? Uh, and what can we as humans learn from them and ultimately apply towards translational development of new therapeutics that can accomplish these feats uh, in humans, uh, primarily for the, uh, the purposes of addressing chronic uh, disease and degeneration. Uh, that is our mission. Interesting. So, and if you look at um, humans, are obviously terrified of death. They'll do whatever they can to extend their lives. What what sort of limits is the pharma industry pushing at the moment to um, extend our longevity? Uh, the, the traditional pharma industry really isn't doing much. I mean, the, the main activity you see in pharma, with the exceptions of you know their traditional approach on sort of genomic outputs of disease, so a lot of the symptoms, um, has primarily moved along the same path. I mean, you see some repurposing of existing drugs. So I, I see very little in terms of the traditional pharma industry uh, impacting um, longevity much beyond sort of where they've taken us to date with, you know, the antibiotics in the, uh, the early 20th century and um, you know, the more traditional sort of cardiac, oncology, metabolic type products that, uh, from the second half of the century. Most of the exciting stuff's going to come from, <laughs> from the smaller players like this. Whether we're talking about regeneration or reversion of a disease or even tissue rejuvenation, uh, everything that we're focused on is this underlying ability that we see in nature to, in essence, turn back time biologically in a cell and start over again. What is happening on the front line of extending our lives up into the 120, 30s? Yeah, I mean, there's, obviously, there's, I, I see the same thing in the press. I mean, there's a lot of sort of aging, you know, fads going on right now, you know, parabiosis or sort of 
young blood infusions have been kind of exciting in terms of uh, you know, transplanting the, the blood from someone young into the blood of someone, uh, the, the body of someone older to see if there's, you know, youthful factors in the blood that could potentially uh, revert some of these dynamics. Uh, you see some of the off-label use of, as I mentioned, FDA-approved drugs as so-called uh, geroprotectors. And then you have some... <laughs> crazier stuff happening. If you look in the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a bit in the news over here in terms of some of this do-it-yourself biohacking with the gene editing tools and so forth, which I think is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, someone wants to inject themselves full of viruses and, and try to genetically engineer themselves in a hotel room. Um, <laughs> whatever. But so you see a lot of these things on different fronts. How much of these independently are going to give you a hundred extra years versus just a couple extra years? We can't say at this point, but I think, yeah, I mean, Silicon Valley specifically, um, yeah, a lot of those guys are open to trying lots of stuff today. And so you see some of that, uh, you know, in the press, but I think we still, once again, we have sort of bigger, sort of more so holistic ways of addressing this, in my opinion, beyond some of those uh, initial uh, tools. Billionaires think differently. If you tell them something can't be done, they will be determined to prove you wrong. One of those who is most likely to achieve the impossible is Peter Diamandis. He's an engineer, physician, entrepreneur, and best known for being the chairman of the XPRIZE Foundation and Singularity University. Both are worth reading more about, and the links are in the show notes at futuresandwich.com. Not only does he spend his time planning to mine asteroids, colonise the moon, and explore the next humanitarian moonshot, he is consumed by trying to figure out how he can reach his goal of living to 700 years old. That's right, he truly believes he will live to the age of 700. At this point, if we're able to stay alive for the next 50 years, we will have intersected technologies that can keep you alive indefinitely. What Ray Kurzweil, who shares this passion with us, calls reaching longevity escape velocity, the point at which for every year you're alive, science is extending your life for more than a year. So mm. you're indefinitely getting older and better. Longevity escape what? I had to pause there and get the man himself, legendary futurist Ray Kurzweil, to explain. My other goal then is to live past longevity escape velocity. What does that mean? So that means that we're adding more time than is going by, not just to infant life expectancy, but to your remaining life expectancy. Now life expectancy is a, at any point in time is a statistical phenomena. You could, you could have a computed life expectancy based on today's technology of whatever, 50 years, still be hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow. We're working on that too, particularly here with self-driving cars. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, and I talk about three, it's actually four bridges to radical life extension, each of which attacks the phenomena that, that cut our lives short. Uh, in my view, it's not death that gives life meaning, although I've had this debate with people. It's, it's what you can do with life, be creative, have relationships, love people, be funny, create music, uh, and that's going to be enhanced. So when we talk about living hundreds of years, people envision being a quintessential 95-year-old living hundreds of years, and that's not what we're talking about. We're not even talking about 
being a 25-year-old and living hundreds of years, but profoundly enhancing who we are. I think it would be profoundly actually disturbing and we'd suffer from a deep ennui, that's a cool French word, uh, if we had radical life extension without radical life expansion. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna merge with AI, we can talk about that. We're we gonna will. become smarter. We're gonna add to the hierarchy of the neocortex, so we're gonna create things uh, that we can't even envision now, the way we did the last time we got more neocortex, when we became humanoids, and we invented language and music and two humor. Million, two million years ago. Try, tried explaining music to a primate. And <laughs> What's your projection, prediction of when we're gonna hit longevity scale velocity? So I, I think uh, we'll actually hit it before we can prove that we've hit it. Okay. Uh, I think I've hit it myself. I think my life expectancy is not getting shorter. It's, it's actually getting longer. Uh, for one f reason for that is that I'm, I'm very aggressive in adopting sort of cutting edge ideas and keeping track of uh, my s own situation and uh, being proactive. Um, but for the but general I, public, I, what do you think, the what's the number of, her I've heard you quote a number, it's one of. I think it's, it's only you know, 10, 12 years away. So uh, let me just translate that, right? You're because that, that, at that point, biotechnology is gonna have taken over medicine. It's just begin, the next decade is gonna be a profound revolution. It's, it's bio and, and AI and, together. And that's, yeah. well, I mean, AI helps biotechnology, but it's fundamentally biotechnology. And that's just bridge two. Yep. That'll bring us to bridge three, which is nano robots that can basically finish the job of the immune system. So what is it that makes these guys so convinced that we'll become immortal in the next 10 years? So three years ago, I joined with Bob Hariri and Craig Venter to start HLI. Let me describe, people know Craig Venter is the guy who sequenced the first human genome, created the first artificial life form. Bob Hariri is a brilliant MD, PhD, Navy fighter pilot, he owns a fleet of jets, he flies himself. He was a neurosurgeon, a brain surgeon. Long story short, his realization was that the placenta, which is the organ that gives form to the infant, is a factory of stem cells that is allowing a child to be formed. The technology now exists, and it's in the lab, in development. Another friend, Martin Rothblatt, is working on this for lungs and heart, that you could take stem cells and regrow an organ. So eventually all of us will have the ability to regrow a spare set of organs. The difference between my five-year-old's stem cell population and your stem cell population, my stem cell population, is that they've got hundreds or thousands of times more stem cells than we do. Also, their stem cells have the original DNA code. As we get older, when we're flying at 48,000 feet, we're being irradiated when we're in all kinds of environments. We have oxygen-based free radicals. We undergo these genetic changes. So our stem cells at age 50, 60, 70 are not the same as the stem cells we had when we were a child. And they're not as potent. So the analogy is, imagine you had built a beautiful mansion and that mansion had a repairman who could go and repair everything. As the repairman got older and became senile, 
they were no longer able to repair things and the mansion started degrading and falling apart. And that's the notion with stem cells. So the question is, can you replenish your stem cells and rejuvenate your regenerative engine of your body? So if stem cells in the placenta is the secret to us living forever, is this something we can do today? Or is this a pipe dream of the future? Apparently, all it takes is a flight to Panama. So I was down in Panama doing research and looking at acquiring this particular clinic along with a number of others around the world, along with Bob. I also went down there to get some stem cell injections into my right knee and my left shoulder, which have arthritic issues. And and just to experience it, I didn't go the next step, which I will go next time I go, which is to get a infusion of the stem cells, intravenous infusion into my full body. So it turns out that there are a number of billionaires that I know that go down to this clinic in Panama. And they go there annually to get their infusion of what's called mesenchymal stem cells. These are stem cells derived, in this case, from the umbilical cord itself, not from the placenta. There's a separate set of cells that can be derived from the placenta, but it's a similar concept. It's just that the placenta is probably a much better source of the stem cells. These guys swear that it has rejuvenated them and has given them much better health and a number of them are in their mid to late 80s. So that's a fascinating fact. But there's one other important piece of research going on, and then you and I have talked about this, and I urge anyone listening, go and Google Youngblood Stanford experiments. And so what's been going on for some time is that it's been known that if you take a mouse that is the equivalent of a 20-year-old human and a mouse that's equivalent to an 80-year-old human, right? A young mouse and an old mouse. And you took the blood out of the young mouse, spun out the cells and just had the plasma. And you injected that plasma into the older mouse and you did that on a routine basis. That the older mouse actually rejuvenates substantially. Increased cognitive function, increased muscular tone, all of their blood markers go back towards a youthful state, and that mouse is able to live at least 30% longer. First time in human history, after hundreds of thousands of years of human development, that longevity becomes a negotiable topic and a negotiable reality. Yeah, and you still can't take it with you, and there's a lot of wealthy people who are willing to invest in the research and the technology And at the end of the day, it it will ultimately support everybody because the technology isn't expensive. None of these Mm -hmm. technologies I'm seeing are expensive. And there'll be an interesting socioeconomic change that occurs, right, when the retirement age makes no sense anymore. Yes. Which doesn't make it sense now. But that's the topic of yet another podcast. I'm fascinated by this topic and have spent much of the last few years reading about it and how these incredible tools will transform the medical industry and our lives. And the trigger for me was when I lost my dad to cancer a few years ago. He was age 67 when he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. And at the time, neither he or I could believe that a simple test could have picked it up early and it wasn't recommended. Unfortunately for him, it was too late. Just under one year after his diagnosis, he passed. This inspired me to start a venture, which today I'm pleased to announce for the first time. It's a simple app called WellAware, powered by an AI that computes what the biggest risks specifically to you are at your current age with your family history. 
You can feed the algorithm even further with a simple DNA test. We've combined the most powerful data sources available to crunch what we call your life calendar, which schedules all of the tests for chronic disease, such as heart disease and cancer, and lets you book your appointments directly in the app. The idea is WellAware puts your health in your hands and aims to keep you one step ahead of cancer and heart disease without needing to fly to Panama. Exactly what these guests on the show today are driving, a smarter, more proactive preventative health system. If you'd like to find out more about WellAware, you can visit us at wellaware.life or email me directly at tommy at futuresandwich.com. Thank you to our guests. They are some of the biggest thinkers on the planet. All links to them and their inspiring work are in the show notes at futuresandwich.com. Ira Pastor from BioQuark, Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis all have big ideas that I hope get everyone thinking. And you can follow me on all the usual social channels, which you can find at futuresandwich.com. And thanks, as always, to Maddie Thompson for editing this like a boss. Until next time.